Has a lane, 15-10, touchdown, Chargers! What's up, guys? Welcome into a brand new episode of Chargers Weekly. As always, joined by Matt Money-Smith, but Money's not at his desk at the moment. Money looks like he's behind the wheel. No. Where are you, sir? Yes, I am, uh, and I... I hope this works. My great apologies for the audio quality. It is one of the rare occasions where we have got torrential rains in Southern California. Oh, I forgot and, about uh, that, too. I am driving home. Yeah, so I am uh, driving home, free plug, Galvin Ford in my uh, F-150 Lightning, which has Blue Cruise, so I don't technically have to drive. The car will drive itself, <laughs> um, which is good uh, since we're doing a podcast. But I'm coming back from Cancun. Um Shout out to my man Antonio and uh, and Alex. They're big Charger guys, and uh, well, Alex is sort of an Eagles guy, but Antonio is a huge Charger fan, and that's how we got connected. Uh, they're doing this really cool uh, charity called Saving Our Sharks down in uh, Isla Mujeres and kind of the, the Mexican Riviera and Cancun and all that. And uh, they wanted me to narrate a documentary that they're going to be shooting, so I went down to meet a lot of these fishermen and a lot of the people involved that are basically, you know, kind of abandoning their lives, their lifestyles, their careers, I should say, of, you know, five, six generations of being fishermen to shifting to kind of dive operators and um, and trying to promote tourism as opposed to just needlessly killing thousands of sharks every year. Um, that kind of impacted the ecosystem. It impacted fishermen. Uh, I learned quite a bit this weekend by talking to them, and uh, hopefully we'll, we'll get it all squared away and everybody will be able to hear about it. But uh, Antonio's a big Charger guy. I think he's got 10 Charger season tickets, and as he segues from, you know, kind of an active career to more of a philanthropic point in his life, these are the sort of things he's taken on, and he asked me if I'd be part of it. It sounds, uh, it sounds incredible. I can't wait to hear more about it. And shout out to Antonio. I'm, I'm sure Antonio listens to Chargers Weekly Money, you know? He does. Yeah. He and his friend Mike are big listeners. And um, that's kind of how they, you know, it's Charger games and and through this that they that they found me. And they're like, yeah, we want you to be the voice of, of the documentary we're shooting. We want you to come down and meet everybody and, and see kind of who's involved. So I got to meet, you know, the doctors, the, uh, the marine biologists, uh, the fishermen themselves. And it was really a cool uh, experience. It was short. It was there for like 30 hours. But uh, it was really incredible to, to kind of meet and, and see what these people are up to and, and how they're changing, you know, their their lifestyles to, to hopefully what they kind of told me, what a lot of the fishermen told me is what they believe is more sustainable for the next generations to come, that they just don't think fishing sharks is going to be the way for their kids to make money, that if they can ship the tourism, use their boats and learn to dive and do that sort of thing, that that's going to be the way to go. So, yeah. that That's awesome. Hey, you, you go from Cancun to torrential downpour in, in Los Angeles. <laughs> I know you have a you have a busy day. This is kind of a weird week uh, on the calendar because it's kind of that in between. You know, we had a good conversation last week with Jeff Miller. The combine is next week, so in a bit we'll, we'll do a little primer, what to expect, maybe what guys to to take a look at, maybe look at DJ's mock draft uh, 2.0. Uh, but some some pretty big news uh, a couple days ago. Ronaldo Hill is, is moving on to the Miami Dolphins to join Vic Fangio and, and his defensive staff. So that leaves a vacancy at the defensive coordinator position. You hear some names that the, the Chargers are interviewing. Derek Ansley is probably the favorite for, for that position, I would guess. 
Um, just your, your thoughts on Ronaldo leaving, and, and obviously Brandon Staley calls the defense, so not much is going to change in that regard, but uh, it, there will be a new defensive coordinator. I think, yeah, I think that's the key is, you know, Brandon calls the plays and I don't get the sense he wants to relinquish that. Um, and if that's the case, then I don't think much will change. Now, look, you know, I think there's a lot of respect for Ronaldo uh, in the building, outside the building. That's why Big Fangio wanted him to come with him is he's going to be taking over the defense and pretty much just been handed complete control of the defense by Mike McDaniel down there in Miami. So I think, you know, it tells you, the respect that Ronaldo had from his former employer that, you know, and Vic had an, op- had an opportunity to bring somebody in to be his right-hand guy that, that Derek, you know, Ronaldo was the one. Uh, we've known Derek for a while, another great guy. Uh, would love to see him get promoted and, and get the gig. And, and I think they're also bringing in, you know, some outside voices just to bounce some things off of. I think the one thing that, that jumped out at me, Chris, coming off the Super Bowl was, you know, how those different plays, you know, were attributed to different people. And, you know, Andy said, yeah, am I calling the plays? But it's the process that goes into designing the plays and deciding what plays are going to go on the play sheet. So I would hope, you know, if they bring somebody in, that it's someone that can collaborate with Brandon, that can be another voice, another set of eyes to, to help them out, you know, and, and try to get this thing as right as possible, because certainly the last two years have not been great defensively. There have been great moments, but I think overall, you know, you would love to see someone get in there that, that can maybe get another look at this thing from a different angle and, and see kind of is, is there a way to do it right? And I think we talked about it last week. I don't know what that way is. I, I feel I feel terrible for defensive coordinators in the NFL in 2023. That is not a fun gig. So, um, you know, I, I'm sure it's going to be someone that Brandon's really comfortable with, that wants to work with, that wants to collaborate with. And I'd be really surprised if it wasn't someone that was promoted from within. Yeah. You made a great point last week, Money. It really got me thinking, too, is, that, you know, we talk so much about the defense. But in, in today's NFL, you got to miss me with all the, the, the inside baseball defense talk when, when teams are scoring 35 points, 38 points in a Super Bowl or a, or a championship game. And obviously, the Chargers have talent on defense. You said they've had their moments. Um, year three in Brandon Staley's uh, tenure here with the Chargers, you really want to put your stamp on that defense. But there's always going to be limitations with how the league works now, especially offensively. And, you know, we, we talk about Kellen Moore coming in, the Chargers, they need to score a lot of points. So I, I think consistency, having somebody that's already been in the building, um, that, that knows what Brandon's all about and what he wants to accomplish is a good thing. I'm, I'm sure we'll know more next week when, when Tom and Brandon uh, will we'll speak with, with people in the media at the Combine. But it, it seems like it would be logical to do something from within, no? Yeah, and I think, look, you know, the, the league is different now, and that's good. You know, you should – be forced to interview people, you know, and, and try to, to see if there's another candidate, because if it's not somebody that you hire, uh, it could very well be someone that you recommend that somebody else, you know, hires, you know, it's a pretty tight knit group head coaches in this league. And so um, I think that's perhaps what's happening is they're just kicking tires and trying to figure out, is there, is there somebody else out there? Let's make sure, you know, we leave no stone unturned before we just go with the guy we feel really comfortable with. But I do think there's, you know, something to be said for for there being a favorite. And and I think that that's sort of where, you know, where I'm leaning, where I think that this thing ultimately goes. And, and again, 
it's going to be hard to bring somebody in from the outside when Brandon really has got his hands all over this defense. You know, it's as far as the candidates that will be available, you know, I'm not quite sure, you know, what what would be out there that, that you would say, wow, that's a really good hire just because it's still going to be Brandon calling the defense. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And we, we get to the combine uh, portion of uh, the offseason next week, Bunny. You've covered a bunch of these. Yeah. Just give me maybe like – one or two things that that really stand out to you when you step into Indianapolis and, and what fans I think should be looking at and looking forward to. Yeah, I think um, I think one thing that happens every combine is there's there's some wow and people and I understand the people that are saying like, oh, big deal. Nobody you don't you don't you know, why do I need old linemen running a 40 or my defensive linemen running a 40, you know, those sort of things. Um, but there are wow moments, you know, I think back to last year and, you know, Jordan Davis was a wow moment, yes. a man that big that moved that fast and was that agile was a big wow. And I think you saw, you know, I, I think you saw when he was out there, unfortunately he had some injury issues, you know, the, oh yeah, this guy's got that juice. So there's always those, you know, and the chargers have a couple of those players, you know, Justin Herbert put on a show in the throwing drills. Derwin James was, you know, just a complete freak, just walking when you just stood next to him. It was like, my God, look at this person, you know? So there's, you know, Joey Bosa, there there are those guys. Um, and there's going to be those guys this year, you know, Will Anderson and Jalen Carter are going to be those guys and, and they're going to show out. And, um, and then every now and then, it, and, and it's funny because, it makes you wonder we've had it like every year in a row now, you know, where DK Metcalf was like, dude, how, how is this guy not going to work in the NFL? He's, you know, and it's like, well, it's it is route running or his hand. But when you were on the field and you saw him and AJ standing next to each other, you're like, my goodness. Um, you know, so you had that a few years ago. I mentioned Jordan Davis uh, last year there. I mean, there's been, I'm trying to think, I know there's been more because like I said, every year we have it. Um, oh, Tariq Woolen last year. I remember, you know, standing, I was sitting next to Lance Zerline, our friend, and, and Tariq runs his 40, and I'm like, so, so tell me what's going on with this guy now. Why is he not? Why, why is, why is the, uh, just too raw, you know, a little too stiff in the hips and you know, all that sort of stuff? And, but that was a wild moment. Tariq running, you know, he is gigantic. And when he ran that 4 3 40, you know, everybody was like, okay. Maybe we got to reassess this, and they didn't. And the Seahawks got him in the fourth round, and you know, he's he's incredible. So, those are the things I think. I think we've we've had an interesting run. With, you know, my time with the combine has been interesting, where I've seen the pendulum swing back and forth, and back and forth. And oh, you can't put too much stock. It's all about the tape, and how it's, then it'll swing the other way. How do we ignore traits? You know, that's how Teron Armstead becomes a third rounder and Tariq Woolen's a fourth rounder and DK Metcalf's a second rounder because we ignored trade. So I'm interested to see where we're at in that pendulum swing. Because look, last year, you know, the number one pick, Trevon Walker, came because of traits. Yep. And Aiden Hutchinson went number two overall because he didn't have the same length and the same physical measurements as as Trevon Walker. But I can tell you right now, he'd be the number one pick, you know, if, if they had a chance to do it over again. So it'll be interesting to see which way that pendulum swings at the combine this, this year. Obviously when Herbert was drafted in 2020, you know, 
we dug into all the quarterback prospects because we knew that there was a high chance that the Chargers were going to draft a quarterback at number six overall. Uh, this year, I'm just looking at DJ's mock draft 2.0, and there's so many intriguing prospects money around number 21. Uh, DJ has Quentin Johnson from TCU, the speedster wide receiver, at 21. And that's just an example of a guy that, that I'm really excited to see in Indianapolis. Um, guys like that. Uh, you mentioned Hyatt from Tennessee last week. Uh, the, guys yeah, with the, the guys with the speed uh, at the wide receiver position, uh, as well as some other positions, but let's just start a wide receiver. Um, Johnson is, is an example of a guy who I think would, would complement this offense perfectly. Yeah, and look, he, he very well could, for people that are seeing some mock drafts with him in 10, at 8, and 11, and, you know, how the heck is he going to make it to 21? He had some drop issues. So that very well could be the way that he slides. And, you know, when, when you look at it and you figure out, okay, is that on him? Is it underthrown balls? Like, what? Let, let's get into these drops and, and get a look at them. So maybe there's a possibility that he slides. I mean, look, that would be great. And, and as we said, offense, let's go. Let's just keep adding. You know, if it's John Robinson, if it's Quentin Johnson, if it's Dalton Kincaid or Mayer, like, I just, I, I think keep adding to the offense. You know, I have no problem with that. And I think that's what you're going to start seeing more and more of these mock drafts do as they start to post because of Herbert, you know, maybe having a bit of a down year last year statistically. And, you know, you heard what Austin Eckler had to say when he was making the rounds at the Super Bowl about how important Jalen was and how much defense has changed after they had didn't have that speed element out there. So Quinn Johnson makes a lot of sense. And I, I won't be surprised at all if it's someone, you know, from that side of the ball, even though everybody's saying, well, how do you give up that many points and you don't try to fix the defense through the draft? Yeah, you know, Dalton Kincaid is a guy you mentioned a few times here. I, I think DJ has him going to the Packers at 15. Uh, Mayor from Notre Dame, a, a few slots after the Chargers, I think, to Cincinnati. So those are two guys also in the conversation. We've talked about the need of, uh, of a tight end, specifically a, a pass-catching tight end. Uh, DJ said Kincaid is, is the best uh, of the bunch in, in that regard. So your, your thoughts on Mayor versus Kincaid, I, I guess you'd take either one. Yeah, I think as I've said it too many times, and it's me. I, I'm not trying to uh, drop names, if you want to call it that, but I just have this incredible bias for Kincaid. You know, mm -hmm. I, and the USC defense was not good, but when you see someone take over a game like that, you know what the potential is, where even though a team was so, you know, for lack of a better term, light in the ass defensively, that like USC was last year just with their personnel, you know, especially in that linebacker level, they could not cover him. Like they, they did not have an answer and they threw it to him every single play. Cam Rising just looked at Dalton Kincaid was like, yeah, that's where I'm going. What are you going to do about it? And they couldn't do anything. And I think when you get to see that, um, that sort of level of domination, it's very reminiscent of, of Travis Kelsey. When you have someone that has the ability that with that size you know, with those hands and with that route running, you know, sort of prowess, it's a very hard riddle to solve. Um, so I I think that's probably why DJ in his second mock is, is moving him up because he's probably hearing that sort of thing from people around the league. Um, I know, you know, as he typically describes it, he's like my top 50 or what I think of the players, the mock draft is what I think the teams are thinking. So... Um, that that's my guess with Kincaid is that 
Because we talked about him when some people were saying they thought maybe he might be a second round or even third rounder. I was just like, come on, man. I've, I've, I've seen <laughs> – I see football dominance, and I saw it on that Saturday evening, man. And, it, and it's, its name was Dalton Kincaid. Mayor's great. Um, I think, you know, Musgrave's going to get a lot of run. You know, you're going to start to see and, – and look, I think we know how valuable that position is. I think you just look at – you know, you, you look at the position and the teams that advance and the teams that are excelling offensively, and, and quite a few of them have that particular position and that that level of, of pass catcher at that position. And, and it's nothing against Gerald Everett, who had a career year and made some big plays. It's nothing against Donald Parham, um, who unfortunately continues to deal with some injury issues. But I think if, if you can get someone that's the level of talent, as Hunter Henry was. What jumps out at me more than anything, Chris, is when you look at some of these mock drafts that are coming out and you're starting to see, you know, both Kincaid's going to be in all of them, as I said. Mayer's going to be in all of them. And I think you're going to start seeing guys like Musgrave. And, like, it just goes to show you that this position's going to be valued. And if the Chargers want to address it, you know, they were lucky. Remember when Hunter was drafted, he was the number one tight end and somehow he slipped in the second round and they were able to scoop him up. I just don't I don't see that happening. I think you're going to end up with, you know, probably the top two tight ends and maybe three going in the first round just because of how important that position is. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll, We'll wrap up this combine talk. All right, guys, as the official hospitality provider of the NFL, On Location offers unrivaled access to experience all premier NFL events like never before. On Location, they bring you up close for all the action, providing fans with unforgettable moments from draft day to Super Bowl Sunday and everything in between. On Location is thrilled to announce its new partnership with the Pro Football Hall of Fame. This August, kickoff football season in Canton, Ohio, and be there live to witness the class of 2023 enshrinement. The NFL also headed back to London and Germany for the 2023 NFL International Games. On location, official packages will feature game tickets, deluxe hotel accommodations, private tours, pregame hospitality, end-to-end planning, and more. Be sure to secure your priority access today. Visit NFLOnLocation.com or search NFL On Location today. Your football experience of a lifetime awaits only with On Location. You know, Money, one more position I wanted to ask you about, and I'm looking at the the edge rusher position, and it's pretty top-heavy. You know, the top 10, you see a lot of guys there. Um, I, just, I look at the situation with Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. Joey, you know, he's had some injury issues. Khalil has a pretty big cap number. We'll see what happens with that over the next month or so. The edge rusher position, is that something that you would consider in the first round if the right prospect was there or, or is that something that maybe free agency can take care of? I don't know. Just, I, I know that that's going to be an important position for this team in 2023 and beyond. You got to think of the future. No doubt. Look, I think, you know, you kind of go through, you know, the, depending on who you want to attribute it to, you know, I guess Jerry Reese was kind of the second guy in line, but like, you know, O-line, get quarterback, protect the quarterback, get the quarterback, you know? So I, I, those are, those are premiums. And I think that's, sort of the key with, you know, drafting in the first round is if, if, you know, for people that kind of don't follow along and I'm sure we'll get DJ and he's so much better at doing, you know, this part of the, the combine than I am, but you know, there aren't 32 first round prospects ever. They're just, you know, typically it's somewhere between 14 
and maybe like 20. If, if it's a really good draft, you'll get 20 guys, maybe 22 with a first round grade on them. So after you get past that number, now that whole need or that drafting philosophy sort of comes into play, right? Okay, so we've got, it, it's like, you know, they, they typically will have grade is a first round grade. This is a second round grade. This are, And then once you, so let's just say there's all the first round grades that the, that the Chargers had on these guys when they get to 21 are gone. Well, now you can open it up a little bit. And now you can say, look, we really got hurt on the defensive line, you know, when all of our injuries hit at edge. You know, we had very little depth, you know, and Chris Rump was dealing with some injuries this year and that limited his viability. Kyle Van Noy is a free agent and had a really good back half of the season. So he's probably going to get some money out there. You hope you can afford him. Sounds like he's interested in staying and wants to work with the Chargers to stay. Morgan Fox had the best pass rushing career of his, you know, that pass rushing season in his career. He's going to be looking for a race. So that makes things tough. And I think when you get into those predicaments, Chris, and you're 20 million bucks over the cap, that's where the draft comes into play. And it's, yeah. hey, all things being equal, would we, really, would we really like this tight end? Would we really like this speed receiver here in the first? You know, looks like we're pretty even with, you know, this pass rusher that seems to have slipped. Let's go get him. And that, that very well could happen. The problem is I think there are some really good pass rushers in this draft. And I think they're going to end up, you know, I think you're going to end up with a run you know, on them early. I, I think you're going to look at maybe six, seven, you know, edge or interior rushers coming off the board by the time the Chargers pick at 21. Yeah, that, that's kind of uh, where it looks like it's going to head. And then, you know, the Chargers picked 17 last year, and we were talking about Jordan Davis, we're talking about wide receivers. They get Zion there, you know. So so at 21, it's, it's kind of that similar boat. You see best available on your board, uh, match that up with your needs, and see what happens. Uh, last thing for you, Money, and I think that this is the most fascinating part of the combine is everything that happens off the field, right? This is where trades and free agency and meetings with agents and all the business of the NFL kind of kicks off. Everybody's in the same place. Uh, I, I know I'm sure you've had stories over the years where you've talked to guys and, you know, that JW Marriott bar is, is always hopping and people are talking. Yeah. Um, this is where this is where the league is really going to take shape starting in Indianapolis. Yeah, you know, and you could argue the first domino that's going to fall is Derek Carr, you know, because he can sign yep. wherever, whenever he wants. And then you would like to think he's probably going to want to do that sooner than later, you know, and get a jump on. Aaron, you know, if, if he wants to try to beat Aaron Rodgers to the punch and say, look, you want Aaron, I may go sign somewhere else. You want me, let's get this deal done now or else I've got, you know, the Saints want him. So there's got to be some sort of deal there from them. I mean, he's so I think that's going to be interesting to see whether or not that can get put together at the combine, um, you know, or if the Aaron Rodgers thing gets put together at the combine. But yeah, there's always something that happens, you know, whether it's. I mean, heck, Devontae Adams, I mean, these things happen early. You know, it's not like you got to wait until March or April or after the draft or at the start of free agency. Like you said, this is when the seeds are planted for what's to come. Uh, and look, this is you, you. I think you brought up a great point that people don't quite remember too often, and that's agents. You know, this is where Tom Telesco could be having some meeting with agents about, all right, we want to keep your guy, but we're 20 million bucks over the cap. How do we yep. keep your guy? What what can we do? Let's work together. So I think that's also important to remember. You know, it's not a fait accompli that Khalil Mack and Keenan Allen and these big salaried veterans have to be released in order to make the number right. 
you know, if, if they can get some cooperation and they can figure out a, a, a place to meet in the middle, then yeah, that's you. You can return this team and you can get, you know, Mac to to to, to be on one edge and Joey on the other, like you had envisioned and you had for those first three, two games, and it looked great. Um, so I think that's that's certainly something that I'd be very surprised if Tom Telesco you know, wasn't going to be doing quite a bit of when he's down in Indianapolis is meeting with agents and seeing how is this puzzle going to get put together for this roster, considering how much money we spent last year in free agent in free agency. And while we enjoyed that meal, the uh, the check has now been dropped off at the table and we got to pay it in 2023. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, hey, next week we're we're gonna be at our our home offices, but we'll get some we'll get some folks that are in Indianapolis on Radio Row with the Chargers to to join us and, and talk about the what's going on there and uh, you know everything from free agency to the draft. Um, there's so much news going on right now around the NFL. Uh, Muddy, I'm gonna let you get to it, man. You're a trooper for 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 driving in this <laughs> rain and doing a first class podcast, my man. Well, I appreciate it, Chris, as I back into a, uh, a spot because there's some sort of Southern California Edison truck behind me with sirens on that's trying to get me out of the way. Um, I appreciate it. I apologize to those uh, Charger fans that probably deserve better than what I'm giving them right now. But um, no, crazy. We honestly, if, it, if, if we don't put this video up, I, I want this to be teaching tape on how to properly drive in, in Southern California rain. There you go. <laughs> Can they give me a ticket for that? Is is there a way for for them to retroactively give me a ticket for uh, for driving while while zoom while while being on a uh, a video broadcast? So hopefully not. No, no. Well, if if that's the case, we will put the video up. Um, there we go. Ah, whatever. Let's it, see what happens. Live dangerously, yeah. Chris. Let's roll the dice. Right. All right, buddy. Uh, for okay. buddy, I'm Chris. This has been Chargers Weekly. Uh, we'll talk next week. Uh, Indianapolis Chargers.com is going to have some great stuff at the Combine, and, and we'll be talking to some folks from Radio Row. All right, guys. As the official hospitality provider of the NFL, On Location offers unrivaled access to experience all premier NFL events like never before. On Location, they bring you up close for all the action, providing fans with unforgettable moments from draft day to Super Bowl Sunday and everything in between. On Location is thrilled to announce its new partnership with the Pro Football Hall of Fame. This August, kick off football season in Canton, Ohio, and be there live to witness the Class of 2023 enshrinement. The NFL also headed back to London and Germany for the 2023 NFL International Games. On Location official packages will feature game tickets, deluxe hotel accommodations, private tours, pregame hospitality, end-to-end planning, and more. Be sure to secure your priority access today. Visit NFLOnLocation.com or search NFL On Location today. Your football experience of a lifetime awaits only with On Location.